Welcome to the Optimal Mindset. I'm your host, Johnny Taylor. I started this show because I am fascinated by human capabilities and performance. Why is it that certain people reach their potential and how does their mindset help them to succeed? I want to understand what are the tools, tactics and strategies high achievers use to optimize their mind and achieve greatness. In these episodes, we'll be speaking to some of my personal idols from sports and performance to discover the definition of an optimal mindset and how we can train our own minds to achieve our biggest dreams. Please follow the show on Instagram and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so we can share out the inspiring messages within each episode with a wider audience. Remember, train your mind, optimize your life. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Alex Tusk. Uh, Welcome, Alex. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I'm very honored to be invited in your show. Originally from France, but now living in Bali, Alex is, a, is passionate about self-empowerment. He teaches breathwork, ice baths, and many other transformative practices. And I can't wait for him to share his wisdom and practical tips to help us reconnect to ourselves and for our listeners to unlock their full potential. So it's great to have you here. So I always like to start with some background. How did you get into the, the power of breathing and ice baths and kind of what inspired you to learn more? Mm, so how did I start with breathwork and ice baths? And, um, so I was stuck. I believed that therapists were for crazy people. That's how I was raised. I believe that you don't change. Your personality is who you are. And I was very much struggling in my relationship. And my now ex-partner asked me to go see a therapist. Uh, or, or she would break up with me. So I I got forced into going for therapy and the therapist didn't get anything from me. And she said after three sessions, okay, let's go do some breath work. And I didn't want to go there. I was super resistant, full of doubts and judgment on on these woo-woo practices. And of course, as you expect, I had a life-changing experience. I uh, cried for an hour and a half and I hadn't cried ever. And basically, at the end, I realized that if someone like me, so disconnected from himself, is able to have this experience, then really everybody can do it. Like, I'm really your average Joe. There's nothing special about me. I'm stuck. I'm in my belief. I'm not in my body. I'm in my head all the time. Super stressed, focused on external validation. I mean, you don't, it doesn't get more cliche than me. And... I realized, so if someone like me can have an experience like that, then this has to be the most powerful thing available. And I, being very uh, analytic person, I needed to understand the science and why this was happening. So I spent years trying to understand the science behind the breath, what was going on there. And that's it. I went into that rabbit hole and, and understanding the science realize that, you know, all these things make sense, that there is nothing really woo-woo, there is nothing that cannot be explained by science, it's quite straightforward, it's quite simple, it just works, and it's free, there's no negative consequences, it's for everybody, and uh, so that's where I really realize I need to bring this to the world, and here I am, 6,000 plus people later, I'm training trainers, I've got an online course, and I'm just passionate about 
getting people to access their true self and living their real life, not the life as a result of the conditioning traumas and things that happened to them. So, yeah, ice bath similar was almost an accident. I didn't want to do it. A friend of mine cornered me into doing it. And same again, super resistant, full of fears. Uh, fear was my main source of motivation. And I fell in love right away. I didn't want to get out. I went out, went back in, and I realized, okay, if someone like me can have an experience like that, again, it's for everybody. So that's it. Now I'm hooked. I've got three ice baths at home, sauna, all the toys, and, and I'm just happy to just get people to access themselves. I love it. And I love what you said there about, um, you know, being resistant to it originally and then, and then eventually kind of, you know, throwing yourself in there and it's kind of really helped. Were you, after that first session, like looking back now, did you ever envisage that this would be the path that you ended up going down? Or was it like kind of something that just grew? My first session, man, I was a businessman. I had 15 employees. I didn't like to remove my shoes anywhere. I, I, there was no way I could imagine what was, would happen for me next, you know? I, I realized in one session how disconnected I was from my parents, from my kids, from my partner, obviously. Um, so that's it. And knowing that, yeah. But it was so powerful, man, that it's, it's really, I, what is not, what I don't understand is why not everybody's educated on that. Why we are not how the body works you know if you want to learn about the body you've got to do medicine and 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 you have to be a psychotherapist to understand anything about the mind why aren't we educated on how the machine works you know if you get an, an iphone comes with a manual you read it and you understand how the how the the thing that you're you bought works why don't we have this approach with with life with ourselves well thank you it sounds like you're you're kind of leading that change and you're part of that inspiration right so yeah we really appreciate that one thing that i kind of was reading on your website and i absolutely loved and i'm just going to read the quote here um is that you said your mission was to positively impact the lives of others enabling them to live to their fullest potential can you kind of elaborate on that because that's something that really resonated with me like how would you just tell us more about that because that's an, an awesome thing to write thank you yeah i mean i believe that and, and, you know, usually whatever I believe now is really supported by science. So it's not like uh, things that come out of nowhere. It's not something that I make, make up. Like it's things that are pretty rooted in, in, in peer studied information. But basically, our personality is an adaptive response to our environment. So if you reflect on the traits of your character that define you, what if they are not your true self? What they are, if they are just an adaptive mechanism to traumas, to relationships, because you need to be accepted by your prime caretakers, uh, by your peers, by your environment. And all that has crafted, sometimes we say, that's my second nature. Well, if it's my second nature, that's not my first nature. And once we start to appreciate why we do what we do, why we engage in the relationship we engage, why we have the practices we have, that all of a sudden we get to, to let go of our personality, to let go of that false self. And from that place of humility, 
um, maybe inquire who am I if I'm not, if I'm not a man, if I'm not from this, if I'm not white, if I'm not from this nationality, if I'm not with the role, whatever role we take in, in life. What area I remove all that? Who, who am I? And so it's a beautiful place to explore, actually. Kind of sounds like you're almost advocating for people to have the information and then almost make up their own mind, right? They make their own choice up rather than be led by something else. Including myself. Like, I have a very unique approach to what I teach where I tell people, here is the information, but I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm not saying my approach is the best approach. And you often see that in most practices. People will tell you, oh, I figured out this is the way and go for it. And, it's, you know, pretty much everybody has this approach where they figure out the best breastwork technique, the best ice technique. And it's just, I don't believe in that. So I'm also not teaching that. I'm not teaching you to listen to me. I'm, I'm giving you information. I'm exposing you to techniques. But I'm telling you to find, I always say, find your own breath. Find something that resonates with you. And I tell you what, it's going to evolve with time. So maybe you start with an approach. We start with the breathing techniques that resonates with you. And then later on, you realize that you prefer another one. And then you want to explore something else, you know, breathing more or breathing less. Do I go for something like kind of transformative where I get a lot of fireworks and something like holotropic breath work or rebirthing or do I go the avenue of doing breath holds do I play with my building my CO2 tolerance and maybe at certain times of the day or depends how you feel your needs are different and and I really believe in in I, of course otherwise I wouldn't do it but I really believe in that approach of just explaining to people what the breath can do, what's available, what's the difference between the nose, the mouth, the inhale, the exhale, but without saying, do this. And, you know, it confuses people. I have a lot of people who get quite confused in my technique, in my training, because we are used to wanting answers. They come say, oh, but you're the teacher, so tell me, I, I, I pay you a lot of money, so tell me, how should I do it? Because I, I want to follow you. I want you to be my leader. Because this is how the world is organized. Like you are looking for some kind of an authority. And sometimes it's a podcast guy that has millions of followers. Okay, I give him my authority. I follow him. He seems to know what he's doing. And we constantly look for some kind of an authority. Uh, I don't want to embody that. So I, I really am all about being very... Uh, um, I don't want people to feel safe with me. I don't want people to just trust me. I really want people to do their thing and do what feels right for them and leave me alone. You don't have to consider me any... I'm just a human. I'm not above you. I'm not different from you. I have my same problems. I have same challenges. Where And I think it's a... I believe that's a real and honest approach because... Uh, all the people that I know that consider themselves authorities, I really, some of them, I know them intimately, and they're also fucked up, and they're also struggling, but they are pretending that they've got their shit together. They're pretending that everything's okay because this is how you sell shit, you know? But if I come across as someone who has no idea what he's doing, well, says, well, if you have no idea, why should I follow you? And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit where I'm, where I'm at. And you're coming from. Oh, interesting. You talked about, uh, I think you said something about 
uh, find your own breath and I really like that and that kind of leads me into the next question so how can changing our relationship to our breathing how can that affect our well-being and then how can that also affect our mindset how changing our relationship to our breath can change our mindset can change uh, pretty much everything in our life well it's breath is the remote control to the brain Breath is a remote control to your nervous system. Breath is a remote control to your heartbeats. There are not many functions that you can tweak. You cannot change your heartbeat. You cannot slow down your digestion. There's not many things that you can actually control in your you know, function, functioning of the body. And you have access to the breath. You can breathe more, you can breathe less, you can breathe through the nose, you can breathe through the right nostril, the left nostril, you can slow down the breath, you can add a breath hold, you can, there's so many things you can do. And every time you play with the breath, it gives you an access to, to that remote control. So, you know, you can reverse engineer it. What's happening when you're stressed? Your, heart, your breath rate goes up. You breathe through the mouth. So you can observe your breath and say, oh, How's my breath right now? And it will give you an indication of how's your inner state. So breath is a symptom and is a cure because I can observe, oh my God, my breath is shallow, it's from the upper chest and it's mainly through my mouth. And I can observe that. But as soon as I have the diagnostic, I can also change it. Say, I'm going to consciously breathe through the nose. I'm going to consciously breathe through my belly and I'm going to slow it down. And all of a sudden, if I change my breath state, it's going to change my heart rate. It's going to change my inner state. And if I change my inner state, then of course I can have access to different thoughts. So I can change my mindset. So the best part of it, it's easy, it's free, it's available. You always have it. You always aware. Just what we need to develop is awareness. Oh, this is what's going on with my breath right now. And just that awareness is enough to be able to change it. Oh, perfect. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Do you have any favorite stories from people that you've worked with who have gone through your training and how what you've taught them has kind of shifted their, the way that they live or shifted their or impacted their lives? Do you have any, anything that jumps to mind? I, I, I really don't say that in an arrogant way. It changes the life of everybody. And literally, once you have this understanding that your trauma doesn't have to define you, your past doesn't have to define you, your personality is something that you can change, you can be someone else, you can, then you know, once you believe it, you understand and you believe it, you feel it. And then you actually do it. So people literally get completely transformed, like literally transformed. They, they don't wear, they need to change their haircut. They cannot wear the same clothes. They cannot have the same friends. They have to change everything and all their relationships. And it's, so yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's 180 degree transformation because you were not living your life. You were living someone else's life. You were living a life 
that was based on your conditioning, based on your trauma response, was not your life. You felt, oh my God, I need to make money because I'm going to be defined by that or I need to have the, uh, the perfect relationship. So a lot of people are constantly looking for some kind of an external validation in order to fulfill some kind of a void that they've experienced inside. And of course it doesn't work, so you live a life of frustration and usually it takes uh, a life-changing moment like a, an accident uh, to realize it. Uh, a say that I like is if you want to make someone miserable, give them all they want. You know, whatever your dreams are, Johnny, I'm going to give everything to you. And I know that if I do that, you're going to be completely miserable. And you see that over and over. All the super actors are depressed. You know, all these people that you, you perceive as, oh my God, they're, they're at the top. They are the champions in their field. They, somehow, they were, tr you know, if you're trying to make a lot of money, if you're looking for uh, being successful, there is something that you feel is missing in your life and you need to fill that void. It doesn't work. That's the problem. It doesn't work. There is not a level of, of money or fame or, or love that can fill that void that is within, because it's within, so it's not without. And once you, you, you have that realization, well, you realize it's an inside job. You just have to, to go within. You have to do the work. You have to be present with your emotions. You cannot suppress anymore. You cannot repress anymore. You just have to allow them. You have to surrender. You have to let go. You know, those practices that are known that are a little bit, you know, thrown, thrown around, but they are true and they, and they, 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 it's the only way, basically. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of follow, I've got a couple of follow-up questions there. So someone that, and I actually really like what you said about going within, because often we think that, like you said, we, we, we're validated by external things, right? We're validated by getting the car or getting the money or the success, right? But what would you practically or what would the practical steps be like then if someone came to you and was like right i want to work with you alex on a on a transformational journey like what kinds of things would you do to have that inner transformation you know there is one secret of life not two repetition you know look at you what you're good at and everyone else watching this show what you're good at there's only one reason you're good at it just practice you know, why should life be different? It's all about repetition. So having a practice is the most important. Having the, you need, if you, if you always do the same thing, you always get the same results. So you need to change your behavior. You need to change the way you do things in order to get a different result. So that's, that's very important. Hence having some kind of a daily routine, a daily practice, a moment where you can actually be with your emotions, when you can actually process what's, what's going on. Journaling, you know, being present with what's alive in you. Um, that's it, you know. It's not, unfortunately, it's nothing is rocket science. Nothing is, okay, it's not like you're going to get it. But when, when we, I work with people, I do long trainings, three weeks, and... I have an 11 weeks course where people have a daily practice. It's, it works. It works. The, the, the results are, are, are amazing. When people finally appreciate that connection with themselves and they let go of shame, they let go of guilt 
and all the judgment that we have on ourselves and come to a place of appreciation for ourselves, of compassion. And uh, yeah, that's it. It's not, nothing new, nothing magical. The breath is great because it's a practical tool. It's something to work with. It's not uh, something complicated. It's not like ayahuasca or some kind of a substance that is complicated or expensive or partly legal or not illegal. Hey, no one's going to stop you from breathing. So imagine how amazing it is to start the day with some kind of connection to yourself before you connect with the outside world, before you connect with your kids or your partner or you, you grab the phone. So, yeah, that's uh, in essence what it's, what it's about. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. So I love ice baths and I, I've kind of been doing a lot of uh, reading about the physiological and psycholo psychological benefits to an ice bath. Uh, in your experience, how, how did cold exposure and ice baths, how did that change your perspective of, of life? Ice baths. I have a yeah, ice I have a crazy passion for ice baths and how does ice baths change people's life? You know, uh, I always say go to YouTube and put benefits of ice baths because you got amazing videos about it. The thing is, science is really new on it and really there's not a lot of studies and they kind of contradict each other often. Right now there is a big debate in the community whether ice baths activates brown fat or not where there is a placebo effect of believing it that it's going to heat up or is there an actually activation of that brown fat, brown adipose tissues that are a precursor to activate the, the burn of, of white fat. It's not established, it's not clear, it's, it's debated. What we don't see enough is an understanding of all the emotional, physio emotional benefits and mental benefits. So I'll give you a few, few of them. First of all, and that's why you shouldn't do an ice bath too often. You want to feel the resistance about the ice bath. If you do it every day, then you lose the edge. You lose the challenge of, oh my God, I don't want to do it. There is something very powerful about not wanting to do something and doing it anyway. And that's a muscle you really want to entertain and, and, and work with because it is a muscle that comes across in everyday life, you know, you don't want to do your bed, you don't want to do your accounting, you don't want to meet your ex-partner. So when you are getting into the ice bath, that moment where, oh my God, I don't want to do it, and I do it anyway, that's very powerful. That's why you shouldn't do an ice bath too often, like three times a week, which I'm sure for a lot of people say, oh my God, that's a lot. But yeah, the science is pretty clear on, do it three times a week, but don't do it every day. You know, just, just get that, you, you, you want it to be difficult. You want it to be, you want to feel the resistance. You want to feel, oh my God, do I really want to do it? Do I, I could do something else. So don't lose that. Then another concept that I love is that idea of breaking the walls, breaking the resistance. A lot of people, when it comes to ice baths, are focused on time and temperature. And they will tell you, I did a five minutes ice bath at three degree. Uh, I really like that idea of facing walls and that's much more universal because you don't know my practice, I don't know your practice, so we cannot compare and your physiology is different than mine and my practice, but we can compare walls and that's much more universal. Like let's say um, I don't want to get in the ice bath, boom, I go in the ice bath, I broke the first wall and then after one minute 
or 10 seconds, I really want to get out. And I manage to stay. I'm breaking another wall. So this idea of facing a certain number of resistance moments and being able to be with them and to push through is very powerful because this is something that also happens all the time when we feel a lot of resistance in our bodies. And it's a good, a good question to always ask yourself. What am I facing, fear or danger? You know, there is one point where you need to get out because you're not safe anymore. But is that that point or it's just that, eh, I don't want to do it. I'm just scared. Something there is holding me back. So those are two, two, two easy ones. Another one is uh, stay, when you start staying for a long time in the ice bath and you come out of the ice bath and you start to shiver crazy, you might face something called the after drop. Your body temperature starts dropping and you start shivering like crazy. And then you experience something that is like, I don't think I'm safe. I don't think I'm okay. I need to warm up, otherwise I'm going into a hypothermia. That's what the shivers are for. They are to give you a strong signal, do something, heat up the body, or you're going to hypothermia. So all of a sudden you get to experience not being safe in your body. And that's not something that we like. Whenever we don't feel safe, we always want to be safe, yeah? So what it looks like is we're going to warm up, or we're going to always try to, let's say, give an example where people understand where I'm going with this. When your girlfriend leaves you, you're going to go for an ice cream, you're going to stuff your face, or you're going to have sex with the, uh, uh, other people. Or, you know, whatever life throws at you something difficult, instead of being with it, honoring that you're not okay, we numb ourselves. We just find ways to not be present. And the problem is it works when we have a heartbreak, but it doesn't work when the doctor says you've got cancer. It doesn't work when your best friend kills himself. So what I'm saying is we are not training ourselves to be resilient, to go through real hardship and deal with it. We are numbing ourselves. We are staying comfortable all the time. We're not adapting to our environment. We want everything and everyone around us to adapt to ourselves. And that's not how we are designed. We are designed as animals to adapt to our environment. Okay, new environment, cool, I'm going to adapt. My girlfriend went with someone else, cool, I'm going to adapt. My uh, food is gone, I lost all my money, okay, cool, I will adapt. So we are designed to always do with what's coming. But we've lost that muscle because we're lazy, we wear jumpers, AC, we change relationship when we're not happy, we're not adapting to our environment anymore. And guess what, with climate change, bam, back in the face. You have to adapt because temperature rising, because environment is not certain anymore. With COVID, you don't know if you have a business or not. Everybody's losing their jobs. You have to become more resilient. The environment is forcing you to adapt. And this is one of the beautiful lessons of COVID. We have to stop thinking that we can always be in control of our environment. We have to appreciate that. No, sometimes you're not in control. Sometimes shit happens. And from that place, you can become more resilient. And I love these practices of ice baths, breath holds as well, for that. So yeah, some examples, I could go on really forever, Johnny, but you know, ice baths is an amazing teacher. It forces you to be present. You're no longer thinking about the future or the past because you're gonna die. 
that's how strong the signal here. So, you know, for anyone who's struggling with the monkey mind and just want to be fully present, have beautiful meditation, you know, a beautiful practice is to go for a 12 degree bath, 10 degree bath, not too icy when you struggle, but go for 10, 12 degree and stay 15 minutes. You know, stay for a longer period of time and get the beautiful mental clarity of a nice meditation. You don't need to, you know, there is a, a lot in our, uh, the world we live in, which is about performance. So it's all about having a lot of eyes because it looks cool and you're in outside. And, you know, I think what we need is a bit more care, a bit more kindness, a bit more softness. And sometimes it means taking a nice bath, a cold bath, but stay 15, 20 minutes in it. And appreciate being centered and meditating for so long, which is a completely different practice. So what I love about ice baths and breath work is it's endless. You can use those modalities for everything. You, well, trauma release, addiction management, physical pain, muscle relaxation, any kind of, you know, I can go on forever. It's, um, it's just amazing. Man, you've given so many things there. I kind of uh, just kind of got some thoughts on there. So I think essentially one thing that kind of jumped into my mind was this idea that you're using the ice to almost connect with who we truly are, right? And and challenge ourselves in the environment to make us more resilient and more able to be adaptable and be able to face down the challenges that we face in life. Is that kind of part of the message that you were saying there? Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, so, um, I have a question for you. I often think on this show about why people do things. So, what's the motivation behind all of the work that people do? So, if I ask you what was your why for for this whole project of ice baths, of breath work, of, of inspiring people and changing people's lives, what would you say your why is? Well, I'm the one who needs it the most. So I, I, I don't come from a place of, of mastery. I don't come from a place of, uh, I'm, I'm come from a place of having a lot of stress, uh, a lot of cortisol in my body, um, being very uh, weak at times, physically and physiologically, not having a lot of resilience, uh, quitting very easily. So I'm, I'm the one who needs those practices. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm the one who needs it the most. And I really believe in uh, being authentic and vulnerable rather than hide. And so another approach in, in my training is I'm, I'm not pretending anything. You can ask me anything. I can, I'm happy to share with my challenges in relationships, in sex, in you know, whatever. I will always share authentically because I do believe that's what we need. We need people to drop the mask because when I drop the mask, you can drop the mask. You don't have to pretend anymore. And I think there is too much in this world about, which is about pretending, which is a, about wearing a mask. Um, sometimes I'm strong and sometimes I'm not strong. Sometimes I'm nice, sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes I'm honest, sometimes I'm not honest. And I think it's uh, pretty much the condition of a human. And, and I think in, in the day and age where we're all about AI and robots and what they are doing, I tell you why it's a threat to humanity. It's a threat because we have become less and less humans. 
So leave the machines alone, let's be humans, and all of a sudden there won't be any problem. But if we try to compete with the machines being better machines, well, obviously we're going to lose that battle. And I think that's the problem, and I don't hear that enough in the narratives on, on AI, where people are always talking about the benefits of, of, of AI or the danger of AI. It says, you know, leave the machines alone, and let's focus on what makes us humans. And I think vulnerability and authenticity are, are two elements that need to be nourished and, and embodied more in, in society. Um, because the way we are running the world just doesn't work. Nothing works. There is nothing in our society that works. It's completely broken. Relationships are broken. You have more divorce than weddings. Uh, nothing works, you know. It's, it's, uh, so we have to completely rethink the way we operate this planet if we want to stay on it. And it's not by small tweaks that it, we, it's going to work. Um, so, yeah, those are some, some clues on what we can do from a place of being embodied, of being honest. Um, it's a very relaxed place to be, you know, because all of a sudden you don't need to, to pretend anymore. You don't have to be okay anymore. Uh, you don't have to have your shit together. And you can educate kids like that. And you can be a great partner like that. You know, I think bullshit of Hollywood is telling us that, oh, you have to be a man and if you're an alpha male like Top Gun, then the girl is in love with you. And it's bullshit. It's not true. It's just not, not true. Uh, if you are yourself, you're going to catch all the girls. If you, that's it. You want the best uh, pickup technique? Just be yourself. It's so rare that it's super attractive. And people feel safe when you're authentic because then they can also be authentic and then they feel safe. So, you know, we can approach any topic from education to health to relationships with that paradigm. And it's a complete, it's, I mean, it's an obvious one. It's an uh-huh, but it's not something that is being communicated enough. Uh, it's all about optimization and, you know, when to eat and how to sleep and how sex works. And fuck, man, this is so much pressure on doing everything right all the time and another protocol, I think it's a lie. It's, I think it's, a, it's, not, it's not helping us being more humans. I think, I mean, I've, we've only been chatting now for about 35 minutes, but I think you seem like a very genuine and you just kind of seem like you're very authentic, right? You just seem to speak your mind. But I do appreciate you also being vulnerable as well. So, yeah, I think that's a, a characteristic that is often mentioned but like you said it's not really like actually done right like people often talk about it but how many people actually live it and you know what i do facilitator trainings and i really insist on that i think this is the most important thing people should take away from my trainings is that idea of being themselves uh because you know at the end if you remember you, you think back of this conversation or you will remember how i made you feel what happened inside of you as a result. Not what I say, says, oh, I learned something because this guy is so smart or I'm impressed by him. No, you will be impacted if I let an imprint in you, if there is a feeling, an emotion in you that as a result of our interaction. That's what makes it a successful podcast interview or workshop session. It's really how am I being transformed by this interaction with this human? And not enough of workshops are led from there. Not enough of workshops are says, okay, how am I going to make these people feel? 
And when you do that, all of a sudden, you become an embodied facilitator. And it doesn't matter your technique. It doesn't matter your, your approach. You can just be you. And everybody's unique. And, and if you look at my facilitators, they, they don't look that they came to the, through the same training. It's not like they have an approach, a signature, oh, this is Alex Breath, I can recognize his style. No, it's just that they're happy. That's what makes them all common. They are happy because they are being themselves and they are realizing themselves. That's what I want for them. I don't teach them a recipe to be rich. I don't teach them a recipe to make transformation in people. No, I teach them a recipe so that they will be happy themselves and, and in integrity and doing things they love. And, you know, it takes for every human as a different definition of that. All right, so um, based on everything you said, what would your definition be of an optimal mindset? Or how would you define the word optimal mindset? What's optimal mindset? You know, I don't know. I think these days something like anti-fragile. So I think uh, not so much being strong. Strong is dangerous because you can break something that is strong. Anti-fragile means whatever comes my way, I'm going to make the, be the most of it. You know, I'm going to adapt. I'm going to be f uh, in my feminine energy. I'm going to be fluid with it. I'm going to welcome it all. And, um, and from that place, not much can happen. It's, it's amazing. It's a place where you are, you're not suppressing your emotions, but you're welcoming everything. You're not trying to control your environment. You're not controlling your relationship. You're not controlling what's going on. You're very much welcoming everything. And this leaves space for being excited by life. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it makes you more resilient because then all of a sudden, if you, know, you lose something, it's not the end. Your, your, your life is not defined by your, your belongings or anything. It's, um, it's, I think it, it's, it gives you freedom. Nice. It's almost like you're a river and you kind of like, I like the analogy of someone being a river right? and they just sort of flow through life. And if you hit the rocks, you just kind of flow around them and it's, and yeah, you're not stuck in one fixed place. Right. So yeah, that's a really nice, nice thought. Do you have any transformational books or um, resources or people that you've come across that changed the way that you think? Well, uh, my, when it comes to my, my books, I have, I don't know, a hundred books uh, that I can, I, I can. Okay, use. what's your top two? What's your top two? Uh, I, I would say if you're here because you're interested in the breath, then read Breath by James Nestor. It's a very entry-level book, but it's very easy to read. So I, I say it's. I always say I want people to fall in love with the breath, and and I think it's he does a great job with 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 this book because it's very rational, science science-based. Um, I love uh, the wedge. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Scott, is it Scott Carney? Scott, yeah, Scott Carney's yeah. book, the, the Wedge, and Scott Carney's book are also great. I like books that are easy to read, so it's uh, enjoyable. And uh, Scott is a journalist, so it's also very and he's passionate about what he writes a, a, a about. Um, and then when it comes to trauma, I think understanding yourself means you have to understand your traumas. So read books on trauma. Uh, because it gives you an understanding and appreciation for your body. Uh, so the body keeps the score, waking the tiger, 
Peter Levine, Basel van der Kock, um, and now uh, Gabor Maté's books are great. Uh, Explore trauma. Uh, they are they are great ways to to give you an idea of why you do what you're doing. Awesome. All right, last question. If you could give someone three things that they could do to maybe develop a, a stronger mindset or develop a more optimal mindset, what would be the three like key strategies that you would give someone to do, like actionable steps? How to develop uh, a better mindset, uh, actual steps. Uh, I would say have a routine like, and, and stick with it. Uh, very important to, 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 to develop that and somehow add, have some meditation in it. Some, I love breath work because it's be, you're busy, but some kind of breath work, some kind of meditation. Um, be in the body rather than in the mind. So things that are around embodied practices, uh, movement is very important. Dancing is great. I really like dancing because it uh, puts you in a feminine energy. You don't know what you're going to do next. I think too much of our energy is a masculine energy where we are outcome oriented and goal oriented. So having a non-goal oriented practice like movement, uh, conscious movement of some kind is, is, is really great. Um, and really having a, I like that expression, seeking joy, you know, following this idea of uh, not an attitude, but a blissitude. Follow your bliss. What makes you happy? And, and go for what makes you happy. So don't try to so much grow, expand, and all this, these ideas, but more so, okay, what makes me happy today? And, 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 and build up on that. You know, it works for education of kids. Why don't we apply it to ourselves? You know, we, we sometimes somehow compartment. This is how you do relationship. This is how you do education. This is how you do uh, mindset. Well, no, it's relationship. All are the same. So, you know, if you understand how relationship works, you can apply it to uh, how you uh, connect to yourself. If you're great on educating your kids, you can apply the same uh, when it comes to your relationship with yourself. So, yeah, keep it simple. I love it. And I, I feel like we've covered a lot in this time, right? There's lots of uh, kind of key points we can talk and we've definitely discovered and we talked about a lot. So, yeah, I really do appreciate the time and I also appreciate just kind of the vulnerability and the rawness, right? Like you're very raw and you're very honest. So I, I truly appreciate that. So where can people find you if they wanted to learn more about your work? Um, thank you. I really enjoyed that myself. Um, I, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Breathing Cold Bali. I have a newsletter, so you can join the newsletter through, through my bio on Instagram. You can find an online course and my activities. Uh, all there. I have a WhatsApp group where I share information uh, also. Um, so yeah, the, the usual suspects. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, awesome. And we'll share some of this in the show notes as well. So if you want to connect with Alex, uh, you can kind of follow it on the podcast. So, so fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for giving up your time. It's been uh, an enlightening conversation. It's been a lot of fun meeting you. And uh, I hope that we can connect again in the future. So take care, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. All right, this has been The Optimal see Mindset. You. Thanks for checking in, and we'll see you again real soon. Take care, everyone. Ooh. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Optimal Mindset podcast today. We are available on SoundCloud and on Spotify. I've included all my information in the show notes for those who wish to find out more about our, our guests and upcoming episodes. Remember, train your mind, optimize your life.